And a good evening. Good to see y'all here tonight. Stand with me. You know the routine. Here we go. Got to stand on this song. Get us blood a-pumping here. Get us worked up. Here we go. Revive us again. Lift it up tonight as we sing. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, Thine the glory. Revive us again. We praise Thee, O God, for Thy Spirit. cross lift it up as we sing 447 if you need a book there's a royal banner given for display to the soldiers of the king as an ensign fair we lift it up today while as ransomed ones we sing marching on marching on for christ count everything but singing you may be seated brother dave barbie would you open us in prayer tonight please brother dave Good to see you all out tonight. Hope your week's going well. We uh, 
still rejoicing over last week and just all God did. Hope that you've been able to maybe follow up with some friends or family that came out for, uh, I don't know what you call it, the revival or the show or the meeting or whatever it was. It was really good. And uh, it was really, really special just to see just droves of people each night going back. And you never know, some of them that maybe didn't go out with Christ in their heart that night, what he's maybe done in the last couple of days since then. Uh, definitely a lot of work to do. And so I know we'll have some follow-up coming up in the next few weekends, maybe. If you're able to come out with us on Saturdays, that'd be great. But 47 people that we know have trusted Christ. So we got a lot of, a lot of praising to do with that. And so 47 there, several of those were bus kids. So thank you for your prayers for the bus ministry. We've had at least three that I know of trust Christ. And we had a parent uh, that's been coming to the services uh, trust Christ as well. And so that's what it's all about. I told, I told him this week that I can transition you off the bus list now. You're coming to service every week. Whether we pick your kids up or not, you're here, and now uh, you're saved. And so the Lord is able to move you from that list over the church roll. So we're pretty excited for that. So 32 tonight on bus, so thank you for your prayers there. If you could just keep a couple of these in mind as you're praying. Uh, Brother Mike Wilson, he is having a knee surgery today. Haven't heard any follow-up from that, but obviously going to be a little while of recovery there, so pray for Brother Mike. Uh, also, uh, Don Loney uh, has been in the hospital quite a bit. Well, anyways, he's dealing with infection and uh, is going to have open-heart surgery here coming up soon. So pray for Brother Don Loney, it's Brother Brad's uh, dad there. And then we had this one uh, called in today. Uh, Jean Campbell is the mother of Dustin Fisher. Uh, Dustin and Julie Fisher are newer members here. And so anyhow, Miss Jean Campbell is down in Texas, and I guess she's just recently had a pretty significant brain aneurysm uh, uh, take place. And so the Fishers are down there, uh, but the Dustin's an only child, so he's having to carry the load on this, and it's uh, not looking too good. So just pray for the Fisher family and the and Miss Jean Campbell. And, uh, and then also, if you just uh, keep in mind, we've got several out sick right now, and it seems like it's going around pretty quickly, so just pray for those that are not able to make it tonight and are at home recovery right now. So those are the ones that I've had turned in. Do we have any from the floor over here on the left side? Uh, Ms. Marla? Good deal. Okay. That's good stuff. Very good. Uh, Miss Marla Gamble's neighbor. Uh, got to have a good conversation with her. Her name is Norma. And uh, got to share the gospel. Uh, didn't make a decision yet, but Lord willing will when she gets some time to read through that book done. That's great. Anybody else over here? Left side? Uh, yeah, Brother J.D.? Oh, they did. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay. So, right, so Brother J.D.'s wife, Miss Jenny Gibson, uh, her lost her grandma last night. So pray for, pray for the Gibson family. Yep, uh, Brother Brian. Continue to pray for Lucas's mom, Debbie's sister, Sandra, for the uh, radiation treatment. She's been having a rough time with that, and uh, her husband Lewis, he's been in and out of the hospital with his heart. Uh, it's been actually all the last week. Just got back home with his heart and stuff. So she's really tired and. Four hours. Continue to pray for the Scott family. Can do that. So pray for the Scotts, uh, Lucas and Danielle's parents, uh, just dealing with a lot of radiation and some heart issues. So pray for the Scotts, uh, Donnie. Sorry to hear that. So Brother Donnie's sister, Carolyn, up in New York, uh, was in a car accident last night with some black ice, and now she's in the uh, hospital. So let's pray for Carolyn. Is it Hutchinson? or? Okay, yep. So pray for Carolyn Hutchinson. Anybody else left center here? Oh, uh, back over Brother Jerry. Okay. 
So pray for Corey Lee, uh, Brother Jeff's son, traveling with work this next week. Pray for safety in that. Anybody else? Uh, Miss Tina? Okay. Anybody else have an unspoken tonight? Okay. Yep, we've got several. Okay. Anybody else back here? Brother Dan? Mm. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Glad, glad to hear that. That's pretty amazing. God's good. My son John John got to be the pre pre to the forty seven. He trusted Christ Sunday night when Dave uh, when David Corn was doing the how to lead somebody to the Lord. He was sitting there taking notes and. Uh, I don't know what a five-year-old does taking notes during a message like that, but he's on his way to heaven, so I don't really care what he wrote down that night. So, yep. So, praise God. Yeah, we're at 10 at school that have been saved so far. We had at least uh, at least one get saved at the event. The event, that's what we'll call it, from last week. Okay, anybody else this side? Okay, let's come over here. Uh, Miss Tammy? I actually have a phrase. Okay. Miss Kansas, Kansas Keller. So a friend of uh, Miss Campbell, uh, Kansas Keller, open heart surgery, and uh, tomorrow. So. Oh really? Congratulations to them. Okay, Brandon and Giselle uh, Schuster, uh, expecting another baby. That's great. Congratulations. That's neat. That's good stuff. Uh, Dina? Yes, sir. Uh, can you please put Donnie, she's a girl, on the prayer request. She is um, on the 13th of March. She's going to go in and something to do with her colon or something. The way I understand it. Okay, and her name is what? <laughs> Just a friend of yours? Yeah. We'll go with that. So pray for a friend of uh, Miss Dina's going in to have her colon uh, looked yeah, at. It's, 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 it's on for sure. I'm not sure what okay. okay, well, pray for Dina's friend and her colon. She's got some problems there. Anybody else over here in this section? Okay, over here this side. Glad to have the teens with us. Sad for the occasion. Uh, Brother Matt's whole family is out with strep right now, so pray for the Morales clan. Not, not any fun, but we're glad to have you with us. Anybody over here have a praise or prayer request? Anybody? Okay, I'm not seeing any. Anybody else final ones? All right, well, let's take a moment, and we'll pray about these and continue on. God, we do just want to say thank you, Lord. Uh, what a great week we had last week just seeing uh, so many come and meet in your house and uh, to get to have some fun for sure but lord most importantly to get to hear just a very clear presentation of the gospel and lord uh, just to see the droves of people that responded to it lord i i know sometimes uh, some of those that go are just going because a friend did or they're just excited to get up and move around but lord no doubt many of them went because lord their heart was touched and lord whether or not they trusted Christ that night. Lord, we know that the seed's been planted, and Lord, we can just pray that you'll allow us to continue to be a part of the watering process, and Lord, eventually that fruit will appear, and that Lord, that they've trusted you, and God, for these 47 that have, Lord, we just wanna say thank you, Lord, and 
and, and pray for them, Lord, as their new life begins, that the journey would uh, ultimately lead them to a life of faithfulness, that God, that not just their time in heaven would be spent with you, but even their time here on earth, that God, that they'd give their lives to you and that they would uh, just follow your plans. And God, if it affects this church, if it, if it grows this church, that's wonderful. But Lord, beyond that, we know that every life has a purpose uh, according to your plan. And Lord, we just want to pray that they will uh, fall in line with that, Lord, and it begins at salvation. So thank you for that. And we pray for the corns, Lord, as they're down in Tallahena. Pray that the um, meeting there is going well and that the, the show tomorrow night is a, is a big success as well. And just pray that Victory is able to... Uh, do good follow-up and be benefited by this. And, and Lord, we just are so grateful for who the corns are and the way that they minister. Just pray your blessings on them. We thank you for uh, the uh, the Schusters, Lord, and the good news there with uh, the coming of another little one. And just pray for Brother Brandon and Miss Giselle as they prepare for that time that everything goes well in between now and then and, and that you just bless that little life there. And then, Lord, for the many that have uh, got needs, Lord, um, Lord, we just pray that your will be accomplished in each one. Uh, we got Brother Mike Wilson with his surgery today, and just pray that that's gone well and that the recovery process is successful and that it, it's better in the end than what it was at the start. And God, pray for Brother Don Loney, and just uh, he's been dealing for quite a while with some heart issues and uh, is dealing with infection now and an upcoming procedure. I just pray that everything in, in that goes well and that that would come soon and take care of the problems there. Pray for Miss Jean Campbell, Lord, uh, having had a, a brain aneurysm and just not looking really positive. I just pray that you would uh, bring grace and comfort to her and wisdom to the Fishers as they try to navigate through all the decisions that have to be made here in these coming days. Lord, uh, for all those that are out with sickness tonight, the Moraleses and others, May you just uh, work in them and restore them and bring them back uh, very soon, even this weekend, uh, we pray. And for uh, Norma, the neighbor there, Miss Marla, Lord, so thankful for Miss Marla's heart and just trying to reach out to people that you put in her sphere of influence. And God, just pray that something that was said or something that she reads in that done book uh, would turn her attention to you and that she'd trust you as Savior God, just uh, work there. Pray for the Gibsons as they've lost uh, their grandma here uh, yesterday. Just pray that, uh, Lord, that the family would uh, have your peace. And, Lord, if there's anyone that hasn't trusted you as Savior, that maybe the, the passing of this life would, would, would get their attention and get them thinking about it to where the gospel could uh, take, take effect in their lives, God. Uh, Sandra Scott, Lord, dealing with ongoing issues with her radiation. God, we just trust that you'll... Uh, be gracious there and bring healing and for her husband brother lewis as he's had his own heart issues as well and just as limited in what he can do to care for her i pray god that you just help the scots and uh, for carolyn hutchison lord up in new york as she was in a car accident last night just sad to hear of that thankful that you spared her life and just pray for quick healing and full full recovery uh, pray for Corey lee lord as he is uh, traveling with work this next week just pray that you would uh, be gracious there. Uh, all the unspokens mentioned tonight, Miss Tina and the others that raised their hands, Lord, um, work in those situations. And then, Lord, for this uh, Kansas Keller, Lord, dealing with open heart surgery tomorrow, Lord, we just pray that it's a success, that doctors are able to, uh, to take care of what needs to be taken care of and that she's on the road to recovery soon and just that the opportunity would come up that uh, Miss uh, Tammy would be able to talk to her a little bit more about uh, her spiritual heart and the need that it has for you. And God, just pray that you would work there and give her boldness. Thank you for Awanas. And Lord, thank you for just the ministry that it provides, Lord, to these kids to teach them more about you and from your word. And God, give them good examples in our church to look up to. Just pray that you'd be with those leading it right now, that you'd give them just uh, a great zeal and God, a great wisdom and as they influence these lives. And we pray for our pastor as he's prepared to preach to us, that you just uh, work through the message and allow it to accomplish your will. Now in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Remain seated as we sing for a couple of verses here. Trusting Jesus, page 338 if you need your books tonight. Simply trusting
As we sing our last two verses now, singing if my way is clear, praying if the path be drear, if in danger for him call, trusting Jesus that is all, trusting standing grab your bibles appreciate it well good evening good evening we're turning to proverbs 25 and romans chapter 12 if you want to start heading over there uh, also pray for dad uh, they did find a mass on his bladder and we went today we'll do a scope here in a couple weeks and then uh, probably heading to a specialist just kind of see all the details of that so keep that in prayer if you would proverbs chapter 25 and romans chapter 12 hopefully i didn't reverse those on you so if I said Proverbs 12, just keep on going. Proverbs, in our series on Proverbs, uh, this one you've heard before. It's not going to be uh, unusual, but probably one of the hardest Proverbs uh, to follow. How's that? So not so much new as it is difficult. Proverbs chapter 25, let's jump in, take a look at it. The Bible says down in verse 21, If thine enemy hungry, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty... Give him water to drink, for thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Now, that sounds good. And the Lord shall reward thee. Now, jump over to Romans chapter 12. Paul reiterates this in Romans chapter 12, the end of the chapter, beginning in verse 17. He says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Then he says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, and you see kind of referring back to Proverbs, If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And then it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil 
with good. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, as we struggle with these verses, Lord, and this concept, very difficult concept, Lord, we recognize we can only do it with your power and your grace. So, Lord, we do ask for it tonight that, Lord, we'd be able to overcome evil with good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, baby. Seated. I dare say what we call evil today is probably not in the same level of what a lot of people face. I prepared this message. I remember an old, old commercial. I'm one of those weird people. I do like good commercials. Uh, it was funny. I, I like them. I can never really remember what they're selling. I just like the good, funny ones. And uh, I remember years ago there was one, and uh, it's showing, and I don't, again, I don't know what the product was, but they're showing up softball game and it's a men's softball team so it's the old guys playing softball and if you remember it guy is sliding home he's obviously safe and the umpire goes no and of course everybody's mad and angry and upset and everything well then they shift and they see that same umpire outside by his car and it's not starting you know the hood's up he's looking at it you know and and the guy he called out is walking by with his son and his family and they're walking by, and you kind of see, you know, almost like a snickering, you know. Dad kind of looks down at the sun. The sun looks up at him. And Dad walks over and has the umpire come in their vehicle, and they give him a ride. And again, I don't remember what it was about, but I still remember that taking place. And, you know, the whole picture was, here's your enemy, the umpire, which is why I never became an umpire, by the way. Uh, I was asked to be an umpire, and I said, no way. I'm smarter than that. Uh, but really, you know, here's your enemy. This umpire called me out. What a bad guy. You know, we're mortal enemies now. Um, and so we kind of think that way. Probably for most of us, our greatest enemies will be on Facebook, Twitter. You know, somebody at school says something. Today, today I'm just amazed. Uh, we, we're easily you know, offended, hurt. Somebody makes a statement, says something. Oh, not that they should, but it's been going on for generations. And we're like, I got this now enemy. And then I read a story this week of a lady that went on a missions trip to Lebanon. And in her story, she writes in, in her post about this missions trip that just kind of changed her. Uh, she said, you know, I never knew what an enemy was until I went to Lebanon. Lebanon, the time she went, about 30 years before that time, there was a war between Syria and Lebanon. Of course, Syria's fighting with everybody. And uh, in that, they had this big battle. And she began to meet at this church, and the pastor explained that his dad was killed during that war. And so we've got a pastor who's pastoring who lost a dad because of the Syrians. Then a lady stands up giving testimony. She explains that um, the Syrian military, remember she's a woman, she's carrying her baby, comes up to her, takes a gun, puts it in her head, and begins to tell her, I'm going to kill you. And she actually begins to pray, say, please kill me before the baby. And of course she wasn't killed because she's given the story. Then another man explains, that again, in the same church explains, he remembers during the war how the Syrians in his little village refused to allow any food or water come in for 100 days. Now again, these were civilians. It wasn't against military. And they began to tell story after story. Well, she was there for a while on this missions trip, and she began to watch this church and help this church. And in the midst of it, this pastor now was pastoring this church that was running 60 and now running about 900, most of them Syrian refugees. So he's now preaching to the very people who had killed his father. That lady began to volunteer, and she even started a ladies' Bible study for these ladies that, again, mostly Syrians. And every week, she helps in the children's program and does this Bible study. That man that told the story about his village, and, and of course, people lost their lives because, because of it and starved and everything. He now was working a bus ministry and a children's program where they bus kids in every single day. Uh, from that, the parents realized their kids weren't educated, and so that same church started a school, and then uh, it got so big from these refugee kids, they started setting up tents outside. They then began to feed them, and they started getting food packets and feeding them. And uh, literally 1,400 a month, 1,400 packets a month, they were given to families to eat. And she began to watch them, and she heard these stories, and now they're coming back and realizing everybody who had a real enemy was now doing something very difficult. They were now reinvesting and doing good. Now think about this, doing good. I think about it as a pastor, I'm now preaching, helping people get saved and find God who killed my dad. Okay, that's mind-boggling. Or I'm a man who watched friends die, and now I'm going every day, literally every day according to her story, I'm working in the ministry to help kids and, and families and, and people who were a part of a nation that attacked us. And then she concludes with verses from Romans chapter 12 where the Bible says that we're to overcome evil with good. 
And I thought about that and how the Bible commands us to love our enemies. And I got to be honest with you, that's hard. That's hard. Trust me, we, I don't think we understand what real enemies are here in America right now. Very few of us will face situations like that. We'll face what I mentioned ahead of time. But the reality and the verses are real. And, and, and I believe this. I, I do believe this with all my heart. The reason we study and learn is before something happens. Before, if you wait for something to happen and then you try to study, most of the time it never happens. You see what I mean? No, no. You don't learn the principle normally in the midst of the trial. Uh, you're so rattled, you're so upset, and you're, you're such a fog of whatever you're going through in life. And as I'm even trying to counsel people and tell them what the Bible says, you can see it in their eyes. It's like flying right over their head. Folks, you begin to learn Bible principles before it happens. You get it in your heart. Why? Because one day you're going to need it. I pray we're never in those situations, but we have no idea what the future is coming. But one day, most likely, you're going to be hurt. And maybe not at the level of a battle, but someone's going to hurt your family. Someone's going to do something to your family or to you at work, online, at school. Something's going to happen. And you're going to have someone that just doesn't like you that you're going to call an enemy. And the question is, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I'm so glad God gives us direction. Difficult direction, albeit difficult, but good direction. Let's break it down a little bit in Romans and, and Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 25, we're going to mainly be in Romans, but I'll remind you in Proverbs 25, if thine enemy be hungry, same as in Romans chapter 12, verse 20, give him bread to eat, and if he be thirsty, give him water to drink, for thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. I remember when I first started reading this years ago, years ago, and came across this in Proverbs, I got so excited, because I'm thinking, man, this is really neat. If your enemy hurts you, you take some coals, you throw them on his head and burn him down, man. I mean, that's just a great verse. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a wonderful verse. I mean, that's how it's reading. And it, Now, the older I got, the more I read it, I'm like, that seems like a contradiction. Because the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So he can't be saying, go burn your enemies out. Uh, so I'm like, what in the world is this heap coals of fire upon them? And, and it just kind of blew my mind. And so when I looked it up, uh, it became clear Coals of fire are a metaphor for the penetrating pain of remorse and repentance. You see that in Proverbs and Romans. In other words, it's a metaphor that says this. Uh, yes, the coals of fire deal with pain and burning and it hurts. Well, literally by doing good to someone who's purposely being mean to you, being evil to you, attacking you, and you reward them with good, there's something that happens in the conscience of that person. There's a pain that takes place in their heart. And they begin to, to fight this thing. And they begin to, to hurt inside, but for this purpose, are you ready? Not to hurt them, but to get them to repent. May I remind you that God's goal for all of us is to come to repentance. Can I remind you, aren't you glad God is patient with us so we can come to repentance? Okay? So what God says is the best way to get to your enemy, and I love this, the best way to get to your enemy is not what you think. It's not by going after them and being vengeful after them. No, the best way to get to them, according to the Word of God, is to be kind to them. So then I turned to Romans chapter 12 and I, I began to kind of break it down. And we're going to break it down a little bit and I'm going to give you some applications here. The first thing I noticed about this when I was reading it is an obvious. And let me just state the obvious right up front. There's an ongoing battle between good and evil. I taught in chapel today and I reminded the kids of this. And of course, talking to the kids, I reminded them of Cinderella. And I told them a Cinderella story. Matter of fact, about every Disney story, there's the good guys and there's the bad guys. You know, the kids got it right in Cinderella. You know, the, the bad people are the stepsisters and, and the stepmother, you know, and uh, they're the bad guys. And then we went to, you know, the uh, Star Wars, and I wasn't sure if they even understood Star Wars, so I think I went straight to Marvel for them. Uh, but, you know, Star Wars, you got the Empire versus the Rebel Alliance. Uh, and really, if you take any movie, any theme, any book that you've read, uh, fantasy or whatever, there, there's good and there's evil. Oh, that's the way it's designed. Uh, man, can I remind you something? They get that theme because it's real. There is good and there is evil, folks. And I do have to remind you, we are in a world that is full of good and evil. The likelihood of you experience evil on a level you're not expecting is high. No, it's high. Yeah, I hate to tell you this. It's, it's not as small as you think. I know we live in Podoc, Ponca City, Oklahoma. And what could possibly happen in Ponca City? Well, there's a lot of things that can happen in Ponca City, Oklahoma. You and your family can face some atrocities and some things you never thought you would ever experience in your life. And even in a small town like this, you can be faced with things that blow you away. And you look at it and say, how can this happen? I don't live in New York. I don't live in L.A. This is Ponca City. Welcome to life. People are people everywhere you go. 
And in the midst of that, you have to understand there is evil out there. And in the midst of this battle of evil, you need to understand we are at war with evil. We really are. There's a battle for evil and good. We, we went over that a little bit that, that Sunday. You try to do good, you're going to come under attack. And so never forget that there is this battle. But in the midst of this battle, I, I need to say this up front. There is a time for war. Uh, you're not going to be able to take this message farther than it's intended to go. You say, what do you mean? Well, if you go to Ecclesiastes 3, the Bible's very clear. There's a time for war. Matter of fact, God would have people groups wiped out because of the rebellion against him. God would send his nation to war. So, so don't ever take the stance. We're not passive individuals here from the aspect of we don't believe in war because God says there is a time for war. Now, I don't look for it. I don't want it, but it's there. In other words, sometimes corporately as a uh, nation, a country, we're going to have to go fight battles because the other side isn't accepting anything we're doing and they don't want peace. Matter of fact, look at uh, Romans chapter 12 here. We read it. For as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Uh, in verse 18. The fact of the matter is, it's not always peaceful. I think of right now, and I, I even think of the, of the conflict in Russia right now, in Ukraine, and I'm watching this, and everything I read about it, my mind goes, why? I mean, there's no political sense. There's no economic sense. And now there's not even a military sense, because Russia's getting beat up. I mean, there, you look at all the elements, and I'm like, there is no logical sense for this. But we do have an enemy called Satan. And we forget he's active. And he's getting in leaders' minds, and all of a sudden they're doing crazy things, which reminds me. I always think about, like, when Armageddon comes, and, like, the world's fighting against God. I mean, think about this. You're pointing nuclear weapons up at God. That's dumb. Now we're going to use chemical warfare. He's God. You can't kill him. What gets in your mind that you're, you're going to come together and fight? And I'm like, I see stuff like this going, ah, okay. So easily deceived. And so people can be so deceived that they're, they're not going to back down from a corporate level. So please don't take this message. And I'm not preaching this message from a country level or, or corporate because that's not the intention here. This is on a one-on-one -on -one basis. This is on me as an individual facing somebody else on an individual. And uh, there are times, very clear times, the Bible says this. My way of overcoming evil in this world is not to be like them, but to do good. To do good. To do everything we can. Our mind is a nation. We blew up Japan. Do you know what we did next? We went and rebuilt them. Do you know what other nation has ever done that? Do your history check. You want to talk about a Christian nation? Where did we get that from? Even as a nation, it's like, well, we've got to stop this aggression because they're not stopping. We've tried all types of peace talks, and they're not backing down, so we have to do something we don't want to do because sometimes evil only responds to that. But then when we're done, we're going to kill them with kindness. Guess what Japan is today for us? It's called an ally. Isn't that interesting? You go back 70 years, we're at war fighting, and now we're an ally. Why? Because we beat them, defeated them, rebuilt them, and then made them a friend. I, I'm looking at just that visual picture thinking, this is the picture God wants with us. If at all possible, we find peace. Well, how do we do this? Well, let's take a look at it. Let me give you a couple things here. In Romans chapter 12, he begins, Recompense to no man evil for evil in verse 17, but provide things honest in the sight of all men. And there is this propensity in us. If you do me wrong, I want to do you wrong. Uh, let's just be honest. It is. I mean, if you hit me, my first instinct is I'm hitting you back. Well, depends on how big you are. If you're really big and strong, I'm like, I'm getting Brother Lynn. But you're in trouble. I'll tell you that right now. Because I'll find somebody big, okay? I mean, but it really is. That, that is just the natural. Uh, I love it in 1 Peter chapter 3, talking about the marriage relationship. It uses the same term, not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing. There's a principle in the Bible that says this, just because you're attacked, because we're Christians, we don't respond the same way. No, no, we, we are trained biblically to respond differently. Why? Because that's what Christ did. May I remind you, with all the power in the world, he's being spit at, his beard's being pulled, he's being crucified, and he doesn't use the power. I'm thinking, wow, you want an example? There's your example. A totally innocent person attacked. He says, you do not respond with evil. There is never a right time for you to do evil to somebody else as a Christian. Never. We don't do evil. We don't cross the lines and do that which is wrong and conniving and deceitful because they hurt us and we manipulate a situation to get to them. No, no, no. The Bible says don't do that. But instead it says provide for honest things. We're to live honestly and, and realize this, that we're to do everything we can, verse 18, to find peace. And then he says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. 
I wrote this down, number two, besides we're in this struggle, number two, God actually has the power to overcome evil. You know, what I'm preaching to you is what the Bible says, and, and I know in our culture and even in my own thinking, it's a hard thing for me to think. If you're being mean to me, I've got to be nice to you. And somehow, that's heaping coals of fire on you, but not, not to hurt you in a negative way, but to hurt you in a way that brings you to repentance. And that works? I mean, even speaking, I'm like, oh, it makes sense, except for one thing. It's from God. It's from God. You know one of the things that separates us as Christians is this. We act different than other people. Okay? No, the natural thing is this. When you go to Matthew chapter 5, one of the other passages, I remind you of Jesus speaking. He says this. If thine enemy hunger, again, give him something to eat. If he thirsts, give him something to drink. And he goes on to say this, that we're to love our enemies. And then he gives a little story there in Matthew chapter 5. He says, for what, what good is it if you just love those who love you? Now stop and think about this. People in your family, you love them because, well, they love you. No, 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 seriously. You love them because they love you. Hey, can I remind you, you love Jesus because he first loved you. That's what First John says. No, it's, it's true. I love God because he first loved me. If you show me love, okay, we just had Valentine's Day. Okay, here, here's how it works. You bring fat flowers and candy, go out to eat and so forth. You produce that type of affection towards somebody. The natural response is affection back. If you did not get that, I don't have time for that tonight. We'll talk later, okay? I'm just talking about a generality. It is natural, okay? You get flowers, someone's going to smile. You bring candy, if, if they like candy. Uh, they like it. You know, all these things, uh, love. Uh, you give love and, uh, to you know, brothers, sisters. Oh, bad illustration. Uh, mom, dad, you get it back. Grandma, grandpa, how's that? That's so much better. I mean, it's natural. I mean, they're, in other words, within the family. What Jesus was saying is, what good is it if you just love those who love you? Isn't that what the world does? He said, no, this is what I want you to do. You're from me, so here's what I want. I want you, one of the distinguishing characteristics is, I want you to love those who are evil. Those who don't always do good. And try to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to talk about hard? Now we're getting into real Christianity. Oh, no, easy, read your Bible, pray, go to church. Got it, preach. No, yeah, that's, that's easy stuff. Now we're getting some real stuff. How do you react? Do you trust that God has the power? Because he said he did. And do you trust that God will take the vengeance? Now, I'm not going to go into my history and bad situations that's happened to us. But I think when you go through there, your thought is, man, I'd like to get them back. Man, I'd like to burn them good. Man, I, ooh, I'm just going to get them. You know what I've learned, though, from this passage? Here's what I've learned. God's better at getting back than I am. You know, whatever I do to get back, of all the stories I've read, no, no, of all the stories I've ever read, uh, of the getting back and the vengeance, you did this to me and my family, I'm going to do this to you. And, and you look at it, it, it doesn't complete the person. I mean, there's, there's still a hole there. There's still a pain there in that individual that was hurt. It's never done. But there's something different that happens when you realize this. God's going to take care of it. I know in our family, most, most of you know, we, we've gone through some difficult situations. Uh, Brennan went through a difficult situation. That's been over 20 years ago now. I mean, about 30 now. Yeah, we're talking 30 years ago. And a bad situation here in Ponca City, Oklahoma. And in that bad situation that uh, we're not excited about, I remember people say, man, how are you dealing with this? And I'm going to be honest. Here's, here's how I dealt with it. Uh, these verses right here. And uh, you, you might think this is bad, and it's okay. I'll just reveal my heart. But here, here's what my thought was. It's probably good I don't find the person because I won't be able to be a pastor anymore. You said, you can't think that way. You're a pastor. But I'm also a man. Okay? And so God never let me run into the individual. To our knowledge, they never caught the individual. Uh, and it was several years later that reading this, here's the good news. Are you ready? It's like a smile came to my heart and my face as I'm reading this. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And I'm kind of going, hmm. You say, why are you smiling? He's pretty big. I've read the Bible. I know what he can do. And I realize if I caught the person, nothing I could do would have any effect on them. Probably wouldn't change them one bit because whatever I did would be out of anger. But if God gets a hold of them, one of two things would happen. Either they're going to get saved and God's going to change them, and people are just sinners, amen? And God's going to bring them to heaven, and that's a good thing. Or if not, 
God's going to do the damage way worse than I could ever do. So my one job is this. Are you ready? Obey. So I had to just back up and go, okay, God. And literally, we were able to just say, it's in your hands. We quit thinking about it. Didn't worry about it. Uh, be quite honest. Uh, was very happy, honest, that nothing ever came to fruition for the fact of I realize this. God's in control. And I figured, we'll find out one day when we get to heaven. When we get to heaven, we'll find out one day. But, but I can preach this message because I can tell you this. I get being in a bad situation and having to say, your nature says this, but now that you're Christian, your stronger nature says this, love your enemies. So as we look at this, number one, we know we're in evil. Number two, God has the power to overcome evil, so trust in the Lord without a doubt. And then I look at this, and I, I jump down, and in uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 22, if you've still got your finger over there, you can, can look at that. He says, for thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. And I thought about that, and, and here's what I need, love about God. When the Bible says in Romans 12, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And God says that my job is when evil is done to me, I'm supposed to respond in a kind and nice and loving way, in, in a godly way, which is very difficult. But when I, when I go back to verse 22, and the question is why, well, number one, I've already said God's got the power, he'll take care of it. But here's the second thing. God says, I will reward thee. No, wait a minute. I think we have to get to this point that there's no greater gift giver than God. James 1.17, God is the greatest gift giver there ever is. No, no, listen to me. Here's the amazing thing to me. We want things in this world, and we want to succeed in this world, and we go about it our own way. And yet we're ignoring the very person who says, I carry the greatest rewards and can bless you more than anybody else. And throughout Scripture, he begins to give us verses like this, like James 1.17 and like here. And he doesn't expand. He doesn't say, well, 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 Brother Waterloo, if you forgive this person or if you just turn it over to me and you don't become vengeful and you don't become bitter and, and you let this go like I said, I want you to know something, I'll reward thee. What is it? What's the reward? Is it a million dollars? You get a big house? Do I get my Corvette? I mean, really, what's the reward, guy? Come on. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I don't have to know the specific reward. You know why? Nobody gives a better gift. Nobody. You match up what the world has to offer, how long it lasts, how quickly it fades, compared to everything that God gives us. And I'm telling you, it's not a comparison. No, it's a night and day. It's not even on the same page. If you actually took the time to list it out, you would choose God's side every single time. You would choose what God provides in your life and for your family every single time. And throughout the Bible, if we took each verse where God says, I will reward thee, I will reward thee, God will reward thee, and just added that up and showed what it was related to, you would think we'd say, that's my new pattern for success. And one of them is this, you're going to go in life and encounter evil. And when you act like me and you patiently take it, and you in turn, when the opportunity comes, now put the context in. The context is this, so all of a sudden I run into my enemy. My enemy is hungry and needy like these Syrians who are now refugees who were attacking earlier and now they're refugees. And instead of saying, you killed my family, you hurt my nation, they stop and say, we'll give you some food. And we'll give you some water. Well, why would you do that? Because God says, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And my reward for you will be greater, greater than anything you're giving up and anything you think you're getting back in return. And I believe that's here and there. But don't be fooled. That is not an easy, easy verse. This is not an easy principle. It's very easy standing right here at Central Baptist Church on a Wednesday night, giving you a verse that you're familiar with. Do not over... To be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. You're like, got a preacher. But then here's my question to you. Do you have it? This is rhetorical, so don't raise your hand. Don't answer. So how have you responded? So maybe you haven't had the serious things that we've talked about to the nth degree of being at war and a family member killed by somebody else. Well, let's just lower it. So you've been lied about. You've been attacked. You've been abandoned. You've been left. That's not a fun one. Hmm. Somebody took your job that was yours because they lied about you. They've lied about your family. Been mistreated. Pulled over by authorities. Given tickets you did not deserve. 
we all know that you did not deserve that ticket. No, no, let's stop think. So what, what's your response? Well, maybe the first is, ah, oh, I got it. I got, we're, we're human, I got you. But you're a Christian. You're claiming to be a Christian, right? So wait a minute, we're going to put this into practice. Are you ready? Are you bitter? Are you bitter? I'm convinced of two of the greatest sins in churches like ours. It's going to surprise you. It's not morality. It's not drunkenness. It's not. It's pride and it's bitterness. Because something has happened to us and that rather returning good for the evil that we either has or we suppose has happened to us, our natural response is this. We get angry and upset and we get bitter. And here's why we get bitter. We're, we failed to trust God. We have failed to trust the Lord for what has taken place. Listen, folks, I get how hard it is. But I'm telling you right now, if you're secretly in bitterness, I'm going to help you already. You're not applying what I just read. You're not applying what I've just read. And you may have the best reason in the world. If you're a young person, my mom and dad abandoned me. They divorced. And my step-parents, they're, they're, they're mean to me. And that may be 100% true. I mean 100% true. But if you're a Christian, claim to be Christian, God says, the way you overcome that, you don't be mean to them. You don't become disobedient. You don't, you don't just start cussing them out and everything. No, the Bible says, okay, you do good to them. That, that doesn't make any sense. They're being evil to me. They're the adult. You say you trust God. That's what God told you to do. And God says, if you do that, if you do that, I will intervene and I will take care of you. I will reward you beyond you can imagine. And that doesn't always mean for the, the next two or three years that you have to be with your parents because you're not 18 yet, that everything's going to be smooth. But God says, I will see everything you're doing and I will remember it. I remember, I just taught the kids I'm going through the book of Esther and I love it. I love the story of Mordecai and Esther. I, it's become one of my favorite books. Part of it, if you go back and read it, you remember the day that Haman is coming to to hang Mordecai, if you remember that story, okay? The day he's coming, God wakes up the king in the middle of the night, has him read the book of Chronicles because he can't sleep. They're the most boring things you've ever read. I mean, it's just like the listing of what's happened that day and somebody wrote it down, you know? And so he says, read this to me. Why? Because I need to go back to sleep. Seriously, that's why he's reading it to him. He reads it and the Bible says he happed. He happened to open. You know, there's no just accent with God. He literally opens it to the story of Mordecai. Mordecai saving the king's life. The king said, wait, 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 wait. You said a guy by the name of Mordecai saved my life? Yes, king. What did we do for him? There's nothing written here, sir. Literally in that moment, come back, read the story. I love it. In that moment, somebody comes and says, king, uh, somebody's here early to see you. Hey, man, do you want to see him or not? Oh, perfect timing, bring him in. But now remember, he's coming to say, I'm going to ask the king if I can kill Mordecai. And now God just woke the king up so he could reward Mordecai. And as Haman's coming in, if you remember, great story, I love it. Pretend like you don't know, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> I love the story. I mean, literally the king, the king looks at him and goes, hey, Haman, what should be done to the man in whom the king delights to honor? Exact words. <laughs> and Haman goes, that's gotta be me. I mean, seriously, I mean, the timing of this is like, hallelujah. And he goes, well, this is what I would do. He thinks about what he wants. I would give the king's horse, the king's robe. And uh, I would have him paraded through town and everybody bow down to him. He goes, man, that's perfect. Hey, I need you to go do that for a guy by the name of Mordecai. Now think about that. Now sir, think about that. And I don't know how many years it was, but God purposely allowed that to be ignored. And Mordecai could have been walking around going, nobody cares, save the king's life. What reward was that? I did good and I got nothing. And God's like, no, 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 we're saving this one. No, we're saving this one. You go back right now and you get to heaven and ask Mordecai, was it worth it? <laughs> Read the book. You'll see it's worth it. The reward he gets is phenomenal, besides his life being saved. And so literally that day he's done. I mean, he, he parades Mordecai. And he's, by the way, leaving the horse. <laughs> so from killing the guy, and the story ends really good, uh, by the time we get to the next day, uh, Haman is, gets hung on his own hangman's loose. I mean, like that, God turned around. No, no, wait a minute. God is a rewarder. Mordecai didn't get bitter. He invested good. He did what was right. And God turned around and said, I'll take care of this. The fact of the matter is, I want you to understand, God's not missing anything. You got a rough life, he sees it. 
But he also knows what he wrote. And he also knows how we're supposed to act. And if we're willing to obey God, and can I say it this way? In the difficult things, we get the great rewards. I think in Christianity, we've gotten too used to the easy stuff. Even nowadays, if anything hard is mentioned, it's like, submission. Did I say that? In any form, obey. But really, can I be honest? Love your enemies? Be good to them that despise you and persecute you? Give to people who hurt you? What is this? It's called Christianity. And God says, I expect you as my servant to follow that. So my neighbors give me trouble, yells all the time, can't stand my dogs. What do I do? Bake them a cake. (laughs) Don't put that substance in the cake. (laughs) See, I know some of you are like, I'm going to do what you said, preacher. (laughs) Where's all the x lax at anyways? Where can I find that? I I don't think it's going to match the scripture. I'm just going to help you real quick. And uh, no, that's not, you say, bake them? Are, are you kidding me? I'm going to bake them, okay? That neighbor you can't stand and they're out there and can't start the car and you're like, <sighs> maybe they yelled at your kids. Probably deserved it, but we won't go there. And uh, or they're just old and got a bad attitude and they just like yelling at kids. <laughs> you're like, what do you do? Maybe if you befriended them, could change everything. Maybe not, but I know this. It is what God said. Somebody ripped you up on Facebook. Are you ready? Don't read it. I didn't get over as good as I thought. Ready? Don't read it. <laughs> or they have this thing. It's called block. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's like you can block people. Now, it blows my mind. It's like, how you can't take it anymore? This is just so overwhelming. Click. Not anymore. But, but see, that's our generation. And I'm watching this, and I'm watching things like that, and people getting totally overwhelmed. And we're totally abandoning basic scriptures of be not overcome. Don't let evil overcome your life. Realize you serve a powerful God. Amen. And he's given you a pattern that's worked for thousands of years. When evil comes your way, and I'm not talking about corporate as a nation and battles and wars that we have to face, that's not the message. But when personally... Battles come your way. God says, as a Christian, you do everything you can to find peace. Everything. Everything you can. And then you trust. If you just keep doing right, you keep praying, you keep being kind when you have an opportunity, I will reward thee and I'll take care of the rest. And if somebody needs punished, our Heavenly Father will take care of it. But it might surprise you, kind of like Jonah and the Ninevites. God's plan for Jonah and the Ninevites was he wanted the Ninevites who were very wicked to be saved because he wants everyone to be saved. And God may not be punishing the person who's coming after you right now because he loves them more than you do. And he actually wants them to find Jesus Christ even as bad as they are. And if they don't, then he'll take care of the punishment. So I, I got a church, we're going to close here, but I got it, I just want to remind you. Don't give in to evil. Don't be like evil. Don't return evil for evil. Our job is to do good and right and kindness towards everybody, including our enemies. Oh, it's easy in here. Even if you make me mad, you're not my enemy. And I, I, I still love you and be nice to you. You might irritate me for a day. No, seriously, I might be irritated at Brother Barbie for a week, but I'm like, I'm probably going to get over it. Because God says, you know what I'm saying? Eh, yeah, we're family. I mean, we're Christian. But man, I know it's harder when you walk out those doors that someone who's not a believer, not living for God, living very wicked, and God says, love them. Be kind to them. That doesn't mean agree with them. That doesn't mean condescend to their level. That just means do good to them. That's our job. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I know you'll take the message and apply it directly to what we need. Uh, Lord, the fact of the matter is a principle that's very hard. Very hard. But I dare say that we don't get it down very well. For some may not even know how you will do, Lord, because we've not faced it. There may be some people here that really haven't faced anything hard. So, Lord, because of that, they can say, oh, yeah, I'll return good. We probably don't know until we have to do it. Lord, I do pray, Lord, when it comes up that we remember this passage. Remember the greatest power, Lord, is not in doing evil. The greatest power is good. And that's why you told us to be loving and good and kind. It actually is greater than any evil that this world has. 
and it will be the thing that overcomes in the end. We know who wins. You win. We win. We know good wins. We've read the end of the book. So Lord, help us to stay on the winning side and to operate not out of vengeance and evil and hate, but Lord, uh, love and forgiveness, removing all bitterness, Lord. And that may it honor you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I pray if the Lord sends your path, we'll be able to do good to somebody this week. And uh, so Lord bless you all. We look forward to seeing you Sunday. Thank <laughs> you.